0: Hey everybody, welcome back to The Pendulum Show My name is Yodin And as usual, i got my co-host Teva and Bamba with me And welcome back to the second week of us doing The Pendulum Express It's a segment where we discuss the hot news that has transpired in the week And we break it down into five-minute segments And we have about four key stories for you this week I'm going to let my co-host Bamba run you through it
1: Alright, so this week we have Tengku Adnan's acquittal ...on corruption charges. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Shafiq Abdul, ...former Chief Minister of Sabah... ...hinting at national ambitions... ...for himself and for his party Warisan. Uh, we also have the Perak crisis being resolved... ...with the Menteri Besar being appointed this week... ...as well as uh, some dressing down... ...from the Sultan of Perak. And finally... ...there is a water crisis in the northern states... Uh, ...where the Kedah Menteri Besar is is threatening to cut off the water supply of Penang if they do not <laughs> uh, pay up for so, uh, water which he claims is sourced from Kedah. So, so at least
0: a water crisis doesn't just exist in this state yes. of Slango, right? But various uh, different reasons of why it happens,
1: huh? Yep. Alright, so we will tell you. So, what, so the way the Pendulum Express works is we will give you the story and read you a short excerpt hmm. from news article and then we'll set the clock for five minutes, mm. and we'll just have a discussion about uh, the implications. Okay. Yeah. And try and dive as deep as we can in a five-minute period into the top stories. All of right, the let's
0: week. go. Teva,
2: T- tell me the exp- excerpt first, All right. Oh. So
1: <laughs> our first story is the acquittal of Tengku Adnan Mansor on mm. corruption charges. Mm. So the art- we have an article from the Malay Mail. Prosecutor seeks discharge, not amounting to acquittal, for Tengku Adnan in one million ringgit corruption trial, citing new developments. So the Attorney General's Chambers has decided to stall Datuk Sri Tengku Adnan Tengku one million ringgit corruption trial, citing new developments in the case. Uh, The Deputy Public Prosecutor. Requested that the courts grant Tengku Anan a discharge not amounting to an acquittal, citing new developments related to a particular trial witness. She said she had received instructions from higher-ups to seek a halt in the proceedings, which had already reached the defense stage. Alright, so Deva, you can set the clock on this. Mm,
0: Let's go. Okay.
1: Okay, so first of all, what is a discharge not amounting to an acquittal? Ah... Uh. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, from <laughs> a lawyer, I'm dude. not a lawyer, but as I understand it, the difference with an acquittal is that the the defendant cannot be charged with the same crime again. So mm. if he's acquitted, it's basically yes. the court saying he didn't you he didn't do it. Yes. Mm. A discharge, not amounting to an acquittal, means at a later point they could charge him again with this correct, with correct. this crime. Yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah, so the reason that they've given for this is that there are new developments in in the case that MECC, the Anti-Corruption Commission, has received some new information. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, after this news broke, the MECC did release a statement saying that they are examining new developments concerning the chief witness in the corruption case. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, basically to, to wait and see uh, what comes next. But... Of course uh, he does have other cases pending against him right
0: yeah 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 yeah,
1: yeah. so he has another I, I believe he has another trial going on for um, a sum of 2 million which he received from another businessman mm-hmm. so that has already been argued by both the prosecution and defense and on December 21st we will have the decision from the court mm-hmm. so i believe in that case there is no opportunity for this so called discharge not amounting to an acquittal
0: or dna mm. yeah yeah but Okay, so on that note, right? If even with the new developments against Kunan, why did they allow this DNAA?
1: Yeah, there have been a few cases of of, of politicians being let off since the new government came into power, right? Yeah. The the most prominent one was involving Musa Aman, Musa Aman. former chief minister of yeah. Sabah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually fled the country after he lost the election mm. mm-hmm. for quite some time mm-hmm. uh, because he was afraid of these charges and he had come back mm-hmm. and uh, fi- and after the new government came to power, he was let off yeah. and there have been at least two or three cases of this happening involving uh, prominent politicians related to the the governing parties at the, at the moment and mostly involving umno politicians yeah yeah, yeah, so obviously there's a suspicion. That, somebody, that the government is, is sort of making deals to keep these guys uh, in support because, yeah. you know, like as we've discussed many times, there's a very slim majority yeah. that the government has. Yes. Yeah.
0: So essentially, so with that, do you foresee a point where the deal yeah. could, uh, in for example, if he's found guilty in the last charge, mm. right? If the decision is basically guilty. Yeah is it just a point of reduced sentencing or just a fine is that the deal that could potentially be uh, marked up for him
1: yeah well it's a bit more difficult in the in the second case because it's now completely up to the judge and yeah. the government does have less influence with the justices than it does like with the prosecutors who are yes. a member of the executive branch and have to follow the instructions Correct. of the ruling government right yeah which is in the executive so we'll have to see there but even if he does g- get convicted on the second in the second trial uh, like as we saw with Najib's conviction he doesn't need to go to jail he doesn't need to serve his sentence straight away yeah. mm. he's allowed to exhaust his appeals mm. and so uh, the fact that already you see all these acquittals happening at this stage so maybe they felt that they can acquit him on this one trial mm. allow him to be convicted on the second maybe later at a later stage in the, in the appeals they may drop the case mm. uh, based on their track record Right, that is a fear.
0: There was no real need to give him this DNA deal, even if there were new developments on the second charge. In fact, they just want him guilty on both. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, like you said, the ruling government is actually having a hand in these decisions that are being made.
2: Yeah. Is this like some for, some form of like um, they're just stalling efforts right now, so just to maintain some form of power? And then at one point, it was just like... It, it doesn't, it play, out, it doesn't
0: play out well for the ruling government. Like. We expect uh, with the event of GE coming up soon, yeah. right? It doesn't look good on them in that...
1: Yeah, they're making calculations about what they can afford to do and what they can't afford to do. So like, yeah. if we think Najib would yeah. have been th- a step too far. Yeah. But hmm. the lower level guys and Tengku Anand is not lower level by any means. Yeah. Yes. He was a very prominent part of the previous administration. Yeah. He is an MP now. Yes. Yeah, so...
0: Yeah, we we'll yeah, have okay. They probably did, They're making It's all based on calculations Like They need Kunan Yeah In the folder Yep right? They
1: need And they need his vote In parliament mm. Yeah, exactly Exactly yep. Okay, I think we're we'll up With five minutes Alright So, we'll head to, on To our next story mm. uh, This is from Malaysia Kini Shafi nunches Opposition to master Courage for change And outlines vision For Malaysia So uh Shafie Abdal who is former chief minister of Sabah and president of Warisan he used the party's annual general assembly today to push the divided opposi- opposition to institute a leadership change mm. and uh, just to summarize he's he's basically uh, pointing out that uh, some some leaders some leaders uh, feel that they are entitled to, to hold positions of power it, just because they are they are well-known and well-respected internationally, basically referring to Anwar Ibrahim and basically Shafi sort of gunning for his job mm-hmm. and he also talked about Warisan's ambitions to compete in national elections or rather at a national level, so running candidates in the in peninsula Malaysia even though Warisan is a Sabah based party, right? The name of the party is Party Warisan uh, Sabah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think we can start the clock on that.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, what do you think about the need for a change in the opposition leadership? First of
2: all, I, I mean, with uh, Anwar's current track record, right, seems quite apparent that we probably need need some change, lah. But in the form of Shafi Abdullah, I don't know. What do you think? Um, and I also want to know what's the play, lah? Why suddenly? why yeah. is he suddenly moving to the peninsula I don't understand
0: no because no, he it's more on the realization or his stance mm. to not make Anwar mm. the face of the opposition mm. and believes I think he mustered a lot of confidence when at a particular point this year mm. when he was being considered prime minister right yeah I think with that momentum that he had going, also re- realizing his party's influence mm. and it's te- technically not a part of the coalition, right? Yeah. They're just part of the block, the opposition block. Yeah, they're not part of Pakatan Harapan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it could work well in his favor and actually, you know, he, he does make a stance. Um, maybe people f- might feel that he has, he has the ability to unite all the opposition parties. Mm. But as a leader... I think it's still a little bit questionable. I mean... This Given this, his... I mean, his track record in Sabah, I, I mean... Um, pretty shaky. Pretty shaky, actually. Yeah. So... what?
2: what, what why, why is it that he suddenly thinks that he can muster all the conf- all this confidence out of nowhere?
1: Because... Because he, I think that he sees that there is no replacement for Anwar on the opposition benches. There is no there's particular no figure. There's no political will, right? Yeah. Okay. There may be the polit- political will, especially from DAP and Amana, to sort of start considering... Somebody else, right, to take Anwar's yeah, yeah, place, yeah, yeah. but the question of who that is, nobody has answered. Yeah. From DAP, uh, mm. nobody from DAP would be accepted across ah, the broad across swath the of society. No yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's why Shafi has been been put forward. So, like earlier this year, Mahate when when Mahathir's bid to become prime minister again was falling through, yeah. he proposed Shafi as the compromise candidate, and that's sort of when Shafie Abdul. Uh, g- got his national ambitions, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, even uh, GPS, um, the party in Sarawak, they had national ambitions as well at the point, right? Yeah, so that a lot they of They didn't party. play out, la, but uh, um, it can't really be compared to Shafi and War- Warisan because they have a lot more um, things in the fold that they actually bring to the table itself. I mean, GPS in this instance is... Right now, considering um, forming a coalition with uh, um, Bersatu, BN, right?
1: Yeah. Mm. So, we'll have to see. And, and the thing is that Shafi Abdal is a national politician. He comes from AMNO. He was in the cabinet, right? Yes. And he went back to Sabah yes. because there was uh, an opportunity uh, in Sabah, basically. Yeah. And he won in the, last, in the previous election. Or rather, he managed to form a government after the previous yeah. election. Yeah, after
0: two years, he managed to form the government. Yeah, founded Warrison in
1: 2016. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, he lost the Sabah lost state, election. Uh, the state election. There was a big yeah. blow against his credibility. I would feel, uh, uh, in terms of being able to get the job done. So, uh, I don't think that he. I mean, but uh, could that?
0: I mean, Upco also so.
2: Upco upco, yeah. Upko,
0: yeah. My bad, yeah. Upco so I mean, they also had a role to play, which they also didn't really fulfil, right?
2: Yeah, no, no doubt. The loss in Sabah. The loss. his loss in Sabah. I mean, it strengthened um, Muhyiddin's position.
1: Yeah, that's correct.
2: You know? Yeah. I- irregardless of whether he thinks he can, he's able to garner all the support, I don't know whether, I, I honestly cannot even see him like, coming head to head with Muhyiddin himself, himself You know? Mm. You know? I don't know. Maybe... It's like a small town boy, a, you know? It was a very
0: calculated and timely attack for the Sabah elections to happen, what? Mm. Right or not? It was at of a point where Of when, course, You know, it seemed like Brasatu had everything in control, mm-hmm. especially in regards to COVID. Mm-hmm. So, they thought at least um, maybe you could give this government a chance.
1: Yeah, and at at that point, they, they had seemed to be doing a, a good job in controlling the pandemic.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, that's true. Uh, that is one point to Shafila, I guess. Because... As soon as Mohini landed, the whole thing just f- went fucked, right?
0: But I mean, you, we, the the thing is, after the Sabah elections... Everyone was it, quite it, well it, it aware so. that they were under-reporting the numbers. Like. Yeah. But
1: then, yeah. you know, in terms of, of being a, the ideal figure or, like, having some kind of moral standing, right? Mm, Basically, yeah. he has been gunning for the, for the post yeah. and, therefore, Warisan has been abstaining from a lot of the votes in parliament on the budget oh. instead of voting together with the the opposition to form a united front to to take down the government's budget and, therefore, right. uh, the, its confidence, Right. Mm. They have been abstaining from the beginning and, and I believe even until now, they continue to, a lot of their members continue to abstain on a lot of votes, which is why the government is able to, to, to pass through this committee stage with less than a majority, with less than 110 or 111 right. votes.
2: I mean, if he's not going to even align himself with the opposition, what makes him think Is he, he aligned doesn't...
1: with the goals of the opposition ah. is a big question to me.
0: Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Is that a bad thing or a good thing?
1: I think that it is a bad thing because he seems to... He comes across as a very opportunistic politician, mm, true. in my okay. view. Uh, whether or not... Yeah, if, I don't disagree with that. I would much rather some the opposition pakatan is able to come up with a figure who can replace Anwar's charisma and yeah. ability to unite the, the whole pact or even exceed Anwar's ability to unite the, the opposition front. But, yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> that will happen, lah. We'll see, lah.
0: So I mean, maybe Shafi may not be the right man to lead or be the face of the opposition, yeah. but is Anwar as well. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. okay. Alright. We're done.
1: Okay. So for our next story, the resolution to the Perak crisis. So last week we talked about how the MB of Perak had been brought down by uh, in a confidence vote, which he lost by a huge margin because basically Amno decided to get rid of their ally. Uh, the bersatu, menteri besar, and there was a lot of confusion and for for the better part of a week as to who would be forming the next government in in Perak, mm. and there was a lot of talk of AMNO uh, working with DAP and the and the opposition parties to form a government without bersatu and pass. Uh, eventually, that fell through, and. Um, the Bersatu and PAS basically uh, agreed to have an Amno Menteri Besar in Perak and he was sworn in this week. Mm. So yeah, uh, we can start the clock, I'm sure. Mm. Alright, so I think before we get any further into this, we need to relay to you what the Sultan of Perak, Sultan Nazrin Muizuddin Shah said at the swearing-in of the new mm. Perak Menteri Besar, who is uh, Datuk Sarani Muhammad. Muhammad. Since the 14th general election, the swearing-in ceremony of the state Muntri has been held three times. This is something unprecedented that had never taken place during the previous terms of the Perak State Assembly. But this is not a history to be proud of. What had happened will be recorded as a reflection of failure instead of success. It is the failure of leaders among politicians to ensure consistent, consolidated support to allow thoughts and energy to be focused on administrating the state in the best way possible in the interests of the people. A leader does not need to offer bribes or gratification in exchange for support that is not guaranteed to be entwined with loyalty. He does not com- need to com- to resort to committing threats to threaten- strengthen himself, as the power which he receives in return will be utterly brittle in nature. So, like very strong, strong language from mm. the, from from the from the Perak Sultan. Uh, quite unprecedented in terms of uh, intervention. Mm. Uh, by the royalty in yes. Malaysian politics, well, right? We've
0: been seeing that m- as of late. <laughs> yeah, definitely. A lot of that as of late. Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: so so I mean, well, the context for this is that uh, after the Sheraton move, the Menteri Besar had to resign in March. Mm. Uh, they made a deal for him to stay in power, so he was sworn in again. Yeah. Yeah, and then a few months later down the road, they get rid of him anyway, mm. right? And then there's all this maneuvering going on, unprecedented maneuvering where Amno was almost willing to work with DAP or so it seemed. Mm. right And basically, it's, it, it comes across that the people's interests are being put to the side and mm. in, in favor of these political machinations by all parties on both sides desperate for power. So there's accusations of Amno being desperate for power. Mm. They wanted the Menteri Basas post. They felt they deserved it. Yeah. There's accusations of DAP being willing even to work with the people who they condemn as corrupt and and uh, and uh, robbing the wealth of the country, right? Mm. And they're willing to work with them just because it will allow them a seat at the table again, yeah. mm. right? What is your opinion on that? Mm.
0: Uh, I think it's actually it's actually really. A really difficult one. It's uh, really about how it's framed, right? And mm. you could also f- conversely frame it as though DAP has stuck towards its party's principles in trying to create a a just multi multiculturalistic um, nation and so or society, and is willing to work with other parties in despite of all the differences and the and the things said about DAP from UMNO itself. Mm. You could frame it like like that. Um, but ov- obviously as much as we all know there is always a political agenda behind all of these moves um, but the thing is Perak has always been an instable state since 2008 La- uh, PKR won um, to- Perak in 2008 then BN came back and won in 2013 mm. went back to Pakatan Harapan in 2018 then ever since then ever since the election there have been three swearing-ins, right? Yeah. Uh, so, clearly, I think um, Perak is a very much a battleground in terms of the overall political landscape here, right? Mm. And why we're why we even talking about perak and why it's so significant? Because it could play out into the larger overall G 15 result coming up, yeah. or even what's in road to it, right? Yeah. Um I think it plays... I think maybe I want to discuss who's the winner here. Who wins, right? Because... I can say it's all about framing, but who comes out more on top here?
1: Definitely Amno. I think there's a grid. So Amno, there's the it may be that Amno was sort of leveraging the negotiations with Pakatan Harapan mm-hmm. in order to force Bersatu and PAS to come to the table. Do you think that that is what happened? Because it feels to me that Amno naturally would rather work with Bersatu and PAS than with Pakatan Harapan. They have spent decades demonizing DAP yeah mm-hmm. they have spent decades demonizing Anwar mm. and all this was to, in in my view is just a uh, a way to force uh, bersatu and pas to to come to the table basically force them to comply with this like fit comply of uh, an amno menteri mm. besar mm. Uh, do you think that there are actually real prospects for amno to work with dap going into the next election because I think that that is highly unlikely. I think yeah. that they will continue to string along the opposition as far as they can in order to force Bersatu and PAS to make concessions in terms of Correct. seats, mm. in, ter- in terms Correct. of positions in government. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Even the, the whole talk about Amno working with DAP wasn't more of them favouring DAP mm. over Bersatu. It's just because they were very much there was a dispute between Bersatu and Amno. That's how they looked for an alternative in yeah. DAP, but. Like Bamba said, they much rather work with Brasa 2 on this. But is it sealing their faith for G15? Uh,
2: very murky lah, this one. Murky? No uh,
1: I. It's, I, I like what
2: Yudin said lah, it's unstable. I mean, it's been going back and forth for the longest time. And now, it's probably come to a point where like, it's actually unstable. Now we have to look at it. Noah.
1: Uh? I think that Amno is in in the long term. Amno is it's very difficult for Amno to get back to top dog position. Ah! Mm-hmm. If you look at what happened in Sabah, Amno yeah. may be the largest party, but there's yeah. a coalition of other parties yeah. which do not want Amno to be the guys yeah. in charge. Yeah. If solely you look solely w- on that fact, you know. Yeah. 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 And if, if you look even at the national level, yes, Amno is the largest party in Perikatan, right? But if you put Bersatu and PAS seats together, yeah. they form a larger bloc. Yeah, yeah. And that is why Muhyiddin is the, is the, is the Prime Minister. Yeah. It is nothing to do with Bersatu's strength on its own. It's the fact that the smaller parties do not want to be dominated by Amno, just the way BN was dominated by Amno yeah. uh, for all of its history. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. So... Yeah, no, I, I agree with Bambala, I think Amno is the winner here. Mm. Yeah, in Perak. In Perak.
1: But what what it says for the long term, I don't I think that it continues to be the case that uh Amno doesn't have a, that many cards to play. Because yeah. if if they if they split with Brasato and pass, they will split the Malay vote. If they split the Malay vote, all of them will lose. Correct.
0: Mm. Yeah. Correct. Uh, in terms of the grassroots perception, I'm not sure after how many years of condemnation, right, against DAP? Yeah. Will the grassroots actually be able to like forget it?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like what Bamba was actually saying off the mic earlier. But I think yeah, I think we were done, right? Yep. Uh
1: okay. yeah. And we have one last story. One
0: last story, okay. All
1: right. So we have a water crisis in in uh, Kedah and Penang. Mm. This is from Malaysia. Walking hands. Okay. Malaysia. Kini Kedah MB jokes will block river if Penang doesn't pay a water bill. <laughs> <laughs> so the Menteri Besar of Kedah, Sanusi Mohamad Noor, has been a uh, uh, the butt of jokes, I think, <laughs> for the past few weeks. First with the 62 trillion ringgit worth of rare earth metals last week. Yeah. And this week, uh, he joked... That he will dam up Sungai Muda And redirect its waters away from Penang This this is if Penang doesn't pay a raw water bill It was Kada he said We will redirect Sungai Muda somewhere else Somewhere else <laughs> I don't know how the Sungai Muda is going to reach the sea Except by passing through Penang uh, <laughs> Where will you get wat- your water from then? I can ask the villagers to put sandbags To dam the river at Pinang Tunggal <laughs> That's our last intake After it's all dry You go catch fish with your hands at Sungai Pulau Pinang all oh. uh, right, so he is demanding that Penang pay Kada fifty million ringgit per year for raw water supplied from Sungai Muda. So yeah, let's uh, start the clock on that. Though I really don't think that we will need much time to discuss this. Yes,
0: exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, what is the point? <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> guys is an
1: idiot, right? It <laughs> seems to be so. It's it's totally unrealistic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sandbags in
0: the river to
1: yeah. build a dam. No, it's like, it's like the fifty million. Yeah, so, is that realistic thing or so. at all, uh.
0: I don't know I was concentrating. On <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So basically this is a reaction to last week's story because the the body which is in charge of of looking after Penangs water supply yeah. they call on Kadan not to mine rare earth in Ulu Muda which is near the source of Sungai Muda. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, they were pretty upset about that. But I think it goes back to Uh, Yes, it's a retaliation also. The states are always looking for more sources of revenue because they have so little money to spend at the state level. So much money of the revenue of the country is monopolized at the federal level. And the states don't have a lot of freedom in terms of what kind of action they can take independent of the federal government, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so in a very dumb way of of dealing with this.
0: It may not have been articulated well. But could the MB have a stake or a claim? Is he Is it right in any sense to uh, demand any sort of compensation
1: no because that's not how waterways work mm-hmm. like for example the nile river starts in ethiopia goes through sudan and comes to egypt mm. at every point you are allowed to extract the water from that river right. if it's in your country that water is yours right. and so the sungai muda does pass into penang and so therefore they have a right to extract yeah. the mm-hmm. water from it right. it doesn't there's no law at the federal level no international law mm. which uh, which allows you to 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 do this, just because the river started in my territory doesn't mean that I have a claim on all the water. Right, correct, correct. So he's right. yeah. talking
2: nonsense, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, lah. It effectively, it's nonsense, la. And yeah. in, in any case, when it came, if it comes to that, like, you get the federal government involved, la. You put, you take it up with the federal government, ah. right?
2: Yeah. Does this guy have a track record of talking nonsense,
0: la? In
2: the past few weeks, yes. In like,
0: one article that I I, <laughs> I think
2: that's all you should know, la. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before that lah, before that, I want to know what's the strike target of talking nonsense
0: Well,
1: you said that they have 62 trillion ringgit worth of rare earth metals uh, Trillion, trillion Trillion, uh? trillion Trillion, uh? trillion Yeah, trillion. yeah. And Then
0: it became something, how many billion? Uh,
1: 42 billion can,
2: can I know what this rare metal is? What
1: is it? Uh? We actually discussed it last week, so Teva, you can go and listen to last week's episode of the <laughs> <Teva> Pendulum <laughs> Express the <laughs> Sorry,
2: sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, For everyone's benefit, uh, <laughs> uh, Teva was asleep I was asleep, Yes, yeah. yes.
1: Okay So I uh, think that About covers this Water crisis Which is a bit of A nothing burger Yeah Nothing
0: burger <laughs> Interesting Okay I think Choice uh, I think that's it For the
1: Pendulum Express Right Alright Thanks everybody for listening Thank you And we'll catch you again Next week